Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rightfully So, your weekly podcast targeted at first-year writers, their instructors, and anyone in the mood to geek out about writing. Uh, this week, we're going to tackle the issue of what is the deal with thesis statements? And if you don't understand the Seinfeld reference, you're obviously very, very young, and, and, and I apologize for going over your head with that one. But uh, it was the height of comedy back in the 90s. What is the deal with these statements? I was going to so say you today, just needed Carrie, to channel. You just needed to channel the, the voice a little bit more. <laughs> now, now it's good. <laughs> now it's going to land. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got Carrie and Jeanette with me today, and we are going to talk about our approach to thesis statements, um, why they're valuable, and why your instructors probably harp on them maybe a little too much throughout the semester. So the question's out there: What is the deal with thesis statements? Um, I think uh, for one thing, I will say there's a lot of pressure on the thesis statement. And that's one of the reasons why the students, uh, I think, freak out about it the most. Um, and mostly because, um, and I hate to say it, but, you know, kind of a lot of instructors were taught that that was kind of the one major thing that you go for when you're grading, you know, that that's kind of the first thing you look at. And I tell students, there are some instructors who will read your thesis statement and they'll know right then and there if you've passed or failed. And I say that not to, I mean, obviously it does scare them, but I say it's not meant to scare you, but it's meant to make sure that you're giving it the time and attention that it needs um, because those instructors have you know, been kind of trained to grade that way. And so that's something that you want to, you know, give it that time um, and energy with. So I feel like it is very much a source of frustration and I can totally see why. Um, um, and so that's kind of how I first approach it. Like, I know these are scary <laughs> to talk about. I know that you're going to be nervous. Don't worry, we'll get you there. So that's usually my kind of initial approach. I'm glad you mentioned that because actually as a student, I really disliked writing them, especially as an undergraduate. I always struggled with them and I found them to be one of those things where I was just like, uh, um, where I feel like that's always been a focus or a focus a long time if we're talking about my undergraduate, which is the 90s. Uh, and so the best way that I can think of it, the deal with it is really that it is and the pressure comes from it being this anchor for your paper or your North star for your paper, right? Like, and it's um, this, it has to be, and why it's hard is it is the expectation is that it's going to be complex um, and it's the proof of your critical thinking. Um, and I know with the three of us in our conversations that a lot of times what ends up happening is students, we've, and we've talked about this, like they, they're in a rush to get to it, um, whereas it, it takes time uh, to actually get to that complex, developed proof of your critical thinking. Yeah, I agree. There seems to be a lot of, of anxiety around it, you know, because we use terms like it's the anchor of your paper, it's the North Star of your argument, it needs to be, you know, it's, it's, it's the same sort of anxiety that they have about writing projects in general is that there seems to be so much weight upon them and so many expectations with these writing things that that as you're sitting in front of that blank piece of paper, it just feels overwhelming. There's too many things to remember. Um, and and honestly, I don't, as an undergraduate and even in, in, in high school, I remember hearing all of those rules about thesis statements, but I can't point to one particular instructor who actually took the time to explain the thesis statement other than to be like, it's the main idea of your paper. And I'm like, well, that could be anything, right? 
And how is that different from an assertion in one of the body paragraphs? And, you know, let's talk about scope. Like some things are very specific and finite and some things are very broad. So I understand the student anxiety over like, you need to have this thesis statement. And, and it's like Harry said too, like instructors who have been sort of, it's been drummed into their head. Like this is the end all be all. You can kind of tell the quality of the student paper right away based on the quality of the thesis statement. You know, if it's this really sort of like broad statement of factor, like this paper is not going to be very good, right? Because there's nothing to build upon. There's nothing to actually argue. So my question then is understanding the challenges that students face with, with thesis statements. Um, how do you approach that problem in the classroom? Do you spend time talking about like the construction or the development or, or drafting? Like, how do you approach that particular problem? So it's interesting because my daughter is in high school now and um, she had this aha moment with thesis statements, probably not, I, I mean, I'm sure it's partially been because she's heard me talk about it, but she, she decided that she would put a semicolon in her thesis statement and it was this moment of like, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I can actually have two sentences. <laughs> I don't have to try to cram everything into <laughs> this one sentence. And so that took the anxiety and the pressure off um, where she could really sort of like, huh, okay, so it's really this and this. Um, and so to me, that was, that was really interesting to watch. Um, and definitely we talk about construction and I feel like depending on the actual essay, the construction is going to be a little different and we can examine it and break it down and go okay well so for this essay because it's on blazing saddles blazing blazing saddles needs to be in 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 the sentence right like so like that's the subject you know and um i try to show a few different examples right and we actually rate them you know and it's like so tell me what's working here or what's missing um or and then we move on to each one um and so I think that I think that helps, right? Like this idea of seeing like the component parts of it. Um, and so if you're really stuck, I, that is a way to build one. Um, I think they come out more organically later um, or they can. And I think it just depends on the assignment. That's true. I, I, do, I do think that with the practice and with time, they obviously, um, they get to a point where they feel more comfortable forming the thesis statement on their own without any kind of like, you know, crutch or anything like that. But I tend to, for the, because I understand that so many of them are just like, I don't even know how to start it. So my, my always go-to kind of thing is like, okay, here's the training wheels. We're going to put them on for a second. You can use the essay question rephrase it into, you know, and then, and then complete it as a sentence, as an answer to the question, you know, kind of like how, um, was it like the, uh, beauty pageants, you know, how they always like take the question and then they'd repeat it as they're answering it. And I'm like, you can do that. You know, that's a nice way to at least get yourself, you know, somewhere <laughs> with that's it. That's an awesome analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I know they, they enjoy that one. <laughs> um, but I'm like, you can take that essay question and then use it in your thesis just to start your, you know, just to get your, your bike going, you know, you've, you've got those training wheels on and that's fine. And I say, there's nothing wrong with it. Your teacher will probably say it wasn't totally original or anything like that, but they're not going to fault you. You're not going to get like, you know, oh, now your paper's a D because you used part of my language and your no, sometimes they actually appreciate it. Like, okay, this, 
the student took time to actually really look at the essay question itself that I had in the prompt. They read my prompt. Yay. Uh, so, so I tell them that that's one technique that they can use. Like that's your fallback if you're really struggling. Um, and then other than that, you know, I do a lot. I think Bill, you've, uh, Feel like you might have actually talked about this before and then I decided to use parts of it um like breaking down the different parts of the thesis statement uh having I think it was the subject and context and claim did I get that right that gets you an A context subject, <laughs> claim. yeah I was gonna jump in and be like that's that's my my approach is is literally the component part approach um it's it's a useful scaffold and it's a great way to talk about the thesis statement because it's really talking about what your thesis statement does, right? So it introduces the context to the reader, it establishes your subject, and then it allows you to make a claim about the subject, right? Ideally, in a sentence, sentence might need to be a little complex. And I'm like, and honestly, your thesis statement could really be the subject and the claim because depending on how you do your introduction, that will take care of your context. That kind of happens on its own organically. Um, it doesn't require a lot of focus. I said the real challenge is always in the subject and the claim. And the ultimate challenge is, of course, the claim. What is it that you want to argue? What is it that you're trying to convince your reader of? Um, <clears throat> what is the question that you're trying to answer for yourself and for your reader? And I think that's the part that ultimately I think students that get the most hung up on, right? It's because they see the entirety of the thesis is really just being about that claim. Um, and that's where the critical thinking and the time come in. Um, there are students that seem to have a particularly difficult time. One of the things that I've I've been suggesting is use as much space as you need to describe your argument, right? You need a whole paragraph, you write a whole paragraph. You just, you write to your heart's content, figure out what it is that you wanna say. Cause ultimately that's their problem is they don't actually know what they wanna say. And they need a whole bunch of words to get there. It's really tough if you don't know what you wanna say to, in, to, to reduce it down to its smallest part. And it's and it's densest part really because if you're making a claim, there's a lot of information in that claim, um, implied and otherwise. So I told them to write that whole paragraph, but then we're gonna go back and we're gonna re, we're gonna revise it. We're gonna start you know highlighting those elements that seem to be most important, like what gets repeated the most in this paragraph. What do you keep coming back to over and over and over again? Um, because those are clues that those are the things that you are the most familiar with, the most comfortable with, and the and, and most likely to engage with. Um, and then from there we can decide if there's some sort of you know argument or claim that can be made from it. Um, and sometimes they just come up with a statement like, hey, um, this happens in every single scene in the movie. And they go, great. There's an implied significance there because you made note of it. Your claim should really be about why is that observation significant? That'll be the basis of your paper. Like, oh, well, it's really important because the director is making a point about like rebirth or the importance of family or something like that. I'm like, great. Because now you can take all those examples you saw in the film, you can bring them into your body of paragraphs and you can just build this argument about like, here's all these examples that demonstrate that my thesis is correct. Um, and if you don't believe me, then you're wrong. Um, and that's fine. So yeah, that's my approach is, is really to break it into those three parts, context, subject, claim, and then ask them to identify those parts and practice seeing that in other people's thesis statements as a way to learn how to put it in their own. I see it with varying success. I think students get in a rush um, and that it's all well and good. And then they're banging out that draft the day before it's due and I get the good old statement of plan. I get the, the rhetorical question. I get sort of all of those, um, those old fallback tropes, um, that we ask them to not do in their writing. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you've seen that as well, right? Um, all the, all that good stuff Webster defines as. Can we talk about the fact that, and I'm, I'm shifting gears a little bit about how sometimes the thesis statement 
is well written, is complex, checks all the boxes, but then it doesn't match their essay. What are your thoughts on that? Or how, what would you advise students in those scenarios? Cause they do happen, right? Like, and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, I was expecting like this. I was and so I ready. Can, you know. I did that a lot as an undergrad. Um, and the solution was to go back and revise my thesis statement. Um, more, more often than not, I had what I thought was, cause I'm one of those writers that I would start with the first sentence of the introduction and write all the way to the end of the conclusion very linear um because apparently that's the way my brain works um and so i'd get to my thesis statement i'm like this is what the paper is going to be about and the paper was largely about that but usually in the process of writing the body of the essay i my my opinion evolves a little bit or i find evidence that kind of takes me in a new direction um and i found that the the easiest fix was really to go back reread and revise my thesis statement because when i got to the conclusion i'm like it doesn't match anymore um, but I'm like, it's an easy fix. I, I, I revise my thesis statement to match what I actually wrote. And then those paragraphs that no longer fit under the new thesis statement, I can usually still use them, but like, maybe the wording has to change. Maybe they turn into a concession rather than evidence for, right? Like, okay, so the counter argument is this, maybe those paragraphs become part of the counter argument that I'm addressing. Um, but I found with like minimal revision that usually worked for me. Um, and if the student I feel like is capable of, of writing that complex thesis statement to begin with, it should be too much of a leap for them to kind of go back and, and revise it in a such a way to fit the paper that they've actually written. I actually, I use a, a, another analogy uh, <laughs> where I talk about thesis statements as uh, kind of like movie previews or, you know, like a trailer. And I say, have you ever watched a trailer and there's some funny joke in there and you're like, oh man, that's too good. Now I got to go see this movie. And then you go and you're sitting there with your, your Coke and your popcorn. And you know that the parts like kind of coming up because you can tell they're in the, the room or, you know, wherever they are. And then all of a sudden the scene happens and the joke is not there. And you're like, wait, wait, but I know that there's supposed to be a joke here. And I'm like, that's what happens to me. That same disappointment <laughs> when I'm reading a thesis statement that doesn't quite match with the essay is whenever you give me something and you say, I'm going to be talking about this. And then your essay just doesn't have it. Then I feel that, that sadness. And so I'm like, you need to make sure that your trailer fits, fits the movie itself. So don't give me something. Don't give me more, um, you know, in the trailer than what you have in your essay. And also don't give me too much of a broad overview where I have no idea what kind of movie I'm getting into. You know, um, I tell them maybe I really can't stand horror movies or maybe I have something against Matthew McConaughey. Don't, don't put that in the trailer. And then, and then, cause that's what I need to kind of experience, you know, in your essay. So I kind of try to, to give them that sense of like, okay, it really does need to be true to it. You need to mirror kind of what's happening. Um, and I've heard of a lot of people using kind of reverse outlines, I think, to kind of tackle that problem. I feel like that's always a good strategy to kind of force yourself to go back into your essay. Here are my points. And then kind of bringing it back to the thesis and going, did I put those points or is that kind of, a, you know, what's what's um, alluded to in my thesis? Um, so I feel like sometimes that's kind of a good a good tactic to use. Yeah, I wish students took more time to do things like that reverse outlining because I feel like, you know, um, essay organization is a persistent problem and it's kind of hard to know whether or not you've met the promise of your thesis statement when when the essay is kind of a disorganized mess. And I'm usually inclined to be like, you didn't meet the intent of your thesis statement because there's a lot of distinct ideas in here, but because the paragraphs don't relate to each other, I don't know how they're supposed to relate back to your thesis statement. 
Um, and getting students to reread their work is a real challenge. I know it's tough for me, both professionally and academically, has always been a challenge to read my own work, mostly because I read what I meant to write, but also sometimes you you lose the plot, so to speak. So in other words, you go, ah, thesis statement's good. And then you get kind of sort of like narrowly focused in on the, the individual body paragraphs, making sure you're using axes and you've done your MLA and everything like that. And you don't necessarily um, catch that maybe you deviated from your original roadmap. You know, maybe you forgot to include the joke from the trailer to use your movie trailer analogy. Like, oops, like that didn't make it in. We need to go back and fix it. So, I mean, that's a suggestion that I always make for my students is if you feel like you're constantly hearing about organizational problems or if you're hearing about you're not really, you know, your thesis doesn't match, then yeah, reverse outlines or rereading your work critically, you know, as your reader and not as the author read it out loud, right? They always feel weird doing that, but yeah, read it out loud and see what happens. Um, so we have about four minutes left. Uh, any, I feel like we covered quite a bit, but I'm wondering, is there any like sort of concrete um, tips, tricks, or suggestions that you would have for your students that you'd like to share? One thing that I think comes up pretty frequently is um, this move from five paragraph thesis statements into the type of thesis statement that I would like them to write and that is really expected in college that isn't five paragraph. And so the five paragraph is a list thesis. Um, and so students are like, I can't write that anymore, right? And um, I think what's what I've realized just in teaching over the last decade that I've been teaching is that um, at first, I think I was like, nope, you can't. Um, <laughs> but now I realized that actually they can. And so I'm like, no, start with that, you know, and it's kind of what you're saying with the reverse outline. It's basically that same thing of like, let's look at everything you do have in these body paragraphs. And it is just a matter of maybe even categorizing, oh, these two paragraphs are connected in the way that this is about, you know, psychology, um, but these other ones are about the physical body, right? Like, and so there's a way to still have this element of a list and still categorize things. Um, and so it's just a little different. It's, it's, it is a little more complex, but they're still doing a list, you know, and it is, it's so one thing I try to remind students is that it's not as hard as you think it is. <laughs> you're still doing what you've been doing. You're just doing it on a different level. That's true. And I do think the the other thing that I think that students get hung up on are the questions that I often get are about, you know, do I have to say, you know, uh, in this essay, I will argue, does it have to be the last sentence of the introduction? Does it have to, you know, the and does it have to be one sentence? And I tell them, I'm like, by default, if you if your instructor hasn't told you otherwise, those might be good tools to kind of apply um, or, you know, good things to apply. But if you know, if you ask your teacher, hey, is it okay if my thesis is two sentences? Or, you know, what if I don't say in this essay, I will argue, is that okay? And I'm like, instructors have pet peeves. So some of them are probably going to say, no, you absolutely have to do it this way. And some will say, I don't care, do, you know, do whatever you feel like is best. So I always tell them, if you're in doubt, just ask. Um, it's better to, to ask and know the answer than to just kind of guess and hope that you got it right. And then find out that you were wrong, you know? So, and I'm like, and they're often very clear, like, you know, just being direct with them and saying, is this, you know, a requirement that you have for this, uh, 
teachers are very direct because they know what they like and they know what they don't like. So, you know, it's like I said, it's just better to have the answer, um, you know, rather than wondering and trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Like nowadays, I don't know why that's turned into an irrational pet peeve of mine, but I see that in a paper and I'm like, I'm done reading, done. Anyway, um, great, great advice. Um, and Jeanette, I like your idea. I have the list because I actually have an example in my thesis lecture that, that the thesis statement is essentially a list, um, but it's a list of key rhetorical moves. So not necessarily trying to do like a paragraph for paragraph list, like literal, but like sort of broad strokes. Like I, I'm going to argue that fighting should be allowed in the sport of hockey, despite the fact that some people think it does more harm than good. So I'm going to demonstrate how it's beneficial, right? So there's three rhetorical moves. They're establishing their key position, they're addressing the counter argument, and then they're explaining why their argument is the one to be privileged. Still a list. My essay is going to do three things. Here's the three things, right? And it's a roadmap that you can go back to as a writer over and over and over again and make sure that you are doing those things in that order and that you know, when you're writing a paragraph, does it fit in sections one, two, or three? Um, and then your conclusion should be, hey, I've... I've done the following. I argued why it should be allowed. I've I've addressed why people think it's a bad thing, and I've been demonstrated how the sport is better with it rather than without it. Um, and I feel like that, and it, and honestly, the paragraphs that do all of that work are only like eight or nine sentences long. So it's not even like it has to be complex to get that work done, um, which is a great point, right? Um, so yeah, that would be my suggestion to like students then is to to try and break these things down into, into bite-sized pieces. You know, every task seems overwhelming until you start breaking it down into small achievable goals. Um, you know, write a draft of the thesis statement that's five sentences long. Sure, why not? You can revise it. You can make it shorter later. Um, don't get caught up in trying to make it perfect now. Make it perfect later. Um, great. That was a that was a fantastic discussion. Um, thank you for for offering your insight and, and hopefully maybe de demystifying the mystical art of writing a thesis statement for our listeners. Uh, hopefully you, the listener, found this to be really helpful. Um, and, and I hope that you'll come back next week for our next discussion on whatever it may be, but it'll be about writing. In the meantime, get out there, 